Welcome to the Bill Bradley Collective on a beautiful Saturday night. And I wanted to be outside. I almost put us outside, but Zach said it was under 40, so I couldn't. It's also it, a little rainy. Uh, it's not rainy. It's, it's a little 36 moist. Moist. degrees. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's it's not a good, not, it's, not it's a good enough, not in the good, we, good enough we were worried, to We were worried moist. about your technology, your uh, uh, equipment, Brandon, and that's why it's, oh, it's it was an act of love. So, how you doing, Zach? Doing well. Uh, what will you be writing about today? I'll be writing about Kevin McCarthy and his stance on proxy voting. Kevin McCarthy, just the best. So, quick question, and this ties in a little bit to our comment that may happen later on about Derek Jeter. What is Otto's first name, a last name on The Simpsons? Oh, my God. It relates to uh, Derek Jeter. Oh, my God. Uh, right. There's Carl Carlson, Lenny Leonard, Otto Otterson, man, Ottoman, which (laughs) which which describes Derek Jeter's range. (laughs) That's that's not what I was thinking. So Sanderson. (laughs) No, it's uh, it was Otto. It comes up. Remember the one where he loses his bus driver's license. Yes. and then when he gets it back, it's his name is Man, Auto Man. It's pretty good. I was pretty excited because I just was wondering what his last name was. And I said, well, I'll just put that as our Simpsons question. I will be ranting about James Dolan, facial recognition, and being the pet, most petty billionaire on the earth other than Elon Musk. Um, how you doing, Andrew? I'm doing all right. I want to avoid some kind of like self-deprecating preamble about the uh, dead or alive. I'm, like I'm, I'm ready. It, I Let's think... Go. We're going to be. No, doing I just it said I'm not going to do it. No, so I, you did it by doing it. Yeah. All we, right, Brandon. Right. We talk about. Right. When you talk about the thing you're not going to say, you said it. That's my shtick. That's, right. that's my. You know. Only one major league pitcher has pitched in World Series in three decades, three different decades. When he won, when he did so, he pitched against the Dodgers, the Mets, the Reds. The Pirates and the Phillies, and he went four and two in those in those years. Who is the pitcher? American League, three decades. Dodgers, Dodgers, Mets, Mets, Reds, Pirates, Phillies. Jim Palmer. That is correct. Ding 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 ding. Let's go. That was a good one. Is he dead or alive? I believe he's alive. He is alive. A, a spry 77. Jesus. He's a guy that's going to live to be 95. Yeah. Um. So what's our main topic today? Well, before we get there, oh, wait, like well, I, what are we ranting I did, about? I did a rant. Um, I talked about a recently, uh, tragically deceased professional wrestler in the bigger picture of like the real victims of cancer culture and those that really serve no pun. They get, they get no, no punishment. But yeah. And the main main topic. Hey, overrated overrated we talk about it all the time it's like it's a real popular like barroom thing like he's overrated she's overrated no what we're gonna do today is three rounds we're gonna talk about most overrated institutions between sports and politics most overrated uh athlete slash coach slash just sports persona and most overrated uh politician and i think there's gonna be a real tilt towards like presidents there um overrated is the word and we are the bill bradley collective driving into the crossroads of sports and politics we are the bill bradley collective here are your hosts ed zach and andrew jamin Pugh. jamin Pugh. Known professionally as Jay Briscoe, is a was a professional wrestler who tragically passed this week at the age of 39. Uh, he was in his native Delaware. He was in a uh, two-car accident uh, with his two daughters in the back seat. His daughters are in critical condition. He passed. A driver approached his truck, and they swerved into his lane, struck him head-on. He was not wearing a seatbelt. Uh, he was found dead on arrival of the uh, ambulance paramedics. Pugh, Briscoe, I've referred to Briscoe. I'm just much more comfortable that way. Briscoe was contracted to Ring of Honor Wrestling, 
the kind of top independent promotion in North America for, for you know basically the last 20 plus years. Ring of Honor Wrestling is owned by uh, aforementioned on this pod, uh, Tony Khan, son of Jags owner Shade Khan. Uh, so Tony Khan owns All Elite Wrestling, also owns, owns Ring of Honor Wrestling, which is kind of a, it, it will probably be something of a, a separate entity, but something territorial, something not like a developmental league, but a, a side project with less exposure than All Elite. Um, Jay Briscoe comprised one half of the Briscoe brothers, he and brother Mark, um, one of the great tag teams. So in wrestling, like tag teams, like think like doubles, tennis, if you're not like wrestling inclined, uh, one of the great tag teams in history. Uh, Jay was one of the great in-ring workers of his generation. Jay never was contracted to WWE. He was never contracted to AEW, All Elite Wrestling, which is, you know, you think like, well, Tony owns Tony owns Ring of Honor, owns All Elite. Like, this guy's so great. Like, why is he on? Uh, the late Jay Briscoe in 2013 tweeted out something um, incredibly, incredibly homophobic, incredibly bad, like just the worst taste um, I don't care to repeat that tweet. Um, you can look it up. I mean, just, you know, Google exists. You can look it up if you want. Um, but incredibly nasty, hurtful, homophobic. The Briscoe Brothers characters are essentially like, you know, they these guys, they're from Delaware. They are kind of like podunk, snaggletoothed, uh, rednecks. And in the moment, he had said kind of in like defense of himself, like I, you know, I kind of let my on-screen persona uh, merge with merge into real life and I, and I said something that I regret and look we talk a lot on this podcast about like cancel culture and, and the kind of the myth of it and the fact is the guy made the guy fucked up big time like if you find this tweet it's really bad and he kind of deserved any repercussions that he got but in light of his death in light of the last 10 years of his life post this tweet like everybody that matters in the wrestling industry including those that are believe it or not the pro wrestling industry has like an LBGDQ um, segment and everybody to a man, to a woman has st- stood by this guy's character and said like, this, this, that's not him. That's he, he did the work. He, he, he earned forgiveness um, from all parties, but that was not good enough for the people at Warner brothers discovery, the parent company of TNT, the network that airs all elite wrestling. The reason Jay Briscoe and his brother, Mark were never featured, were never signed to AW contracts was because a suit, one of the board, uh, a, a, you know, a, a board member, a, a stockholder in Warner Bros. Discovery, um, believed that tweet made them on, we, we can't air this guy, this guy, this tag team, we can't be in business with them. Despite, however, and I'm not excusing what was said, I'm not excusing what was tweeted. What I'm saying is, every, t- I, again, let me reiterate this, like to a man, the tributes that came out to this guy after his death were glowing across the board and again he he earned back he earned back the trust of it's not about earning my trust because i'm i don't identify that way it's about earning the people that he offended with that nasty hurtful tweet in 2013 and he did that as far as i can tell as far as anybody else can tell um what tony khan and all Elite wrestling wanted to do on this past wednesday their tnt show their two-hour wednesday night aw dynamite they wanted to do a jay briscoe tribute show because he Again, a lot of the AEW roster, a lot of these wrestlers, these are peers. These are guys that he's been up and down the road with for, for the last 10, 15, 20 years. They wanted to do a tribute. Warner Brothers Discovery shut it down. They they said, like, you're, you know, you're not doing it. And so if you watch the show on Wednesday, which I don't know if there's any wrestling fans out there that listen to us, you saw a lot of wrestlers that, that Briscoe has crossed paths with, with, with armbands, with Jay's name on it. Um, you saw even on WWE programming, you heard on NXT, their developmental show, you heard the announcer's... In the moment, uh, when, the, when the news broke that he had passed, they mentioned it and gave their uh, condolences. You mentioned My, uh, Michael Cole, the longtime voice of WWE on Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. Even he like mentions uh, Briscoe, who never was employed by WWE, never even in any capacity. But the folks at Warner Brothers Discovery decide, decided that they would never touch the Briscoe brothers, Jay Briscoe, despite their great in-ring work they're great uh just sort of like again they play these fucking hillbillies and they play them to a t um and they're great characters and they're great workers and yet warner brothers discovery would never touch them because of one tweet that jay the late jay briscoe really did did all of the work to kind of um and that never leaves your record but if you earn back the trust again of those 
of, of those offended, I, I, I think that stands for something. This is a company, Warner Brothers Discovery, okay, that I, I've talked about uh, two weeks ago, talking about Dana White, and last week a little bit talking about Vince McMahon. I don't know if you guys watched what came on after this Wednesday's Dynamite on TBS. The, the Dana White Slap League. The late Senator John McCain referred to mixed martial arts in the 90s as glorified cockfighting, basically. Ray Boom Boom Mancini like, killed the guy in the ring. What was it? Uh, Dr. Kim. Kim. There were calls. I watched, I watched the fight. Were there not calls then? to outlaw boxing, to basically just, we're done here. Yeah. We're good. There were. That's why they went from 15 rounds to 12. It was that's the last 15-round right. fight that ever was held. That's right. One thing that boxing and mixed martial arts have that this fucking slap league does not have is a thing called defense. Defense is something that makes combat sports, mixed martial arts, boxing, great. There's a science to it. There's no science to this. This is human cockfighting. This is people defenseless taking open hand uh, uh, strikes to the head by fucking Olympic level powerlifters. I cannot believe this thing is on national TV. I cannot believe that anybody thinks this is cool or this is, hey, check this out. This is great. And the ratings reflect that. They, you know, they did a about 20% of what AEW as a lead in did. Um, but Dana White is associated with UFC. <laughs> UFC is associated with with dollar signs. Perhaps in the heads of the Warner Discovery execs, there is some thought that, hey, maybe, uh, you know, if we get in with Dana White, when that ESPN deal goes up, we might be next in line to maybe get a piece of that UFC money. Cool. Good for you. You associate with the worst of the worst. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Perhaps the richest author in history. The Harry Potter series of books, the Harry Potter movies, Harry Potter IP. This is something that Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers Discovery, it's HBO Max, one of the, you know, a Warner, a product. They put together a Harry Potter reunion uh, a few months ago. They air the Harry Potter movies on HBO Max. It's kind of one of the, one of their pillars, one of their IP pillars. It's Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling is an unapologetic, unrelenting transphobe. She's a toxic, awful human being. But... But Harry Potter equals dollars. Harry Potter equals, again, money. We, we, we want to be in bed with this IP. Speaking of IP, Warner Brothers Discovery is involved with the uh, DC Comics Extended Universe. You guys familiar with Ezra Miller, the actor? <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking predator. It's a fucking predator. He is also playing The Flash in a forthcoming Warner Brothers film in the DC Extended Universe. I don't hear anybody at Warner Brothers, um, you know, speaking speaking out about Ezra Miller and all in the myriad. We can do a whole fucking podcast. I can do a whole rant on Ezra Miller. We don't have time for that. I'm going long anyway. Look up Ezra Miller. Warner Brothers will not disavow him because he's attached to a multi-billion dollar extended cinematic universe. IP. Dollar signs. Dana White. J.K. Rowling. Ezra Miller. These are people that deserve to be quote-unquote canceled, deleted. But they represent too much money. Jay Briscoe was a professional wrestler that fucked up, said some real bad shit, was contrite about it, did his best to make it right, and made, and made all of his peers, all of, the, all of the, targeted, the people targeted, really, by, by a really nasty tweet. He won back their trust. And yet, the same people at Warner Brothers Discovery that would not let this tag team on their air, would not let a tribute show in his death when, following his death, when all of his peers wanted that. And yet, we still let uh, Ezra Miller play The Flash. We still, we still love Harry Potter. We still, you know, we want to get that UFC money. Cancel culture is not real, but the people that do get canceled at the end of the day aren't really the people that deserve to be canceled. And, uh, you know, rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. But also, like, you know, fuck Warner Bros. Discovery again. Um, you're in bed with these, these parasites because they represent dollars. And it's just... That's my thing, I think, this season. It's just kind of railing against, like, media conglomerates. Kind of excited for what's to come. I, uh, I didn't see that J.K. Rowling turn coming. <laughs> that, 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 
That was captivating as hell. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I watched like clips of that slap fight, of that slap fight show, and like one guy got like really disfigured. Like his entire side of his head is. You see him like on the ground, like convulsing. Yeah. Just kind of like. And there was one where like the woman got slapped and then like. And then. I always thought it was dumb before when you actually said like, no, this is like going back to history and calling boxing that and and, and like, no, you're right. This is it. This is rock bottom. This is rock bottom. This is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. We're just watching two adults hit the shit out of each other. It's not even on like HBO. No, fucking TBS, man. It's 10 o'clock on a weekday. Yeah. Yeah. At least boxing was on HBO. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's just like, you know, Briscoe's tweet is horrifyingly offensive. But like, Sonny Kiss had nice things to say about him. And Sonny Kiss is a she. non-binary? She? Yeah. Is it she or is it they? Uh, it's they. I, I actually think Sonny, I, I could speak incorrectly. I think she's Sonny Kiss. It's just a he that likes to dress as a woman. I can never. straight. I just they. I, 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 I just they everybody. Though. I meant to. straight, but. I did mean to mention. No, oh, I lost it. Never mind. But yeah, Sorry. like Sonny Kiss had like things to say about him. Like it was Effie. You know. Effie, you know who Effie? Yeah, independent yeah. homosexual wrestler was just like everybody told me that Jay was gonna was was not was not gonna like me. We weren't gonna get along, and instead he made me feel welcome, made me feel a, a part of the family. Like rest in peace, brother. Like <laughs> it's never okay to say stupid things. No, but we all say stupid things, and then we learn. The hope is that you learn from them and improve yourself. That's the hope. But if you're rich enough, which obviously he was not, um, then you don't have to learn anything because you're just rich enough to be insulated. They, these people live in fucking bubble wrap. They just live in bubble wrap and nothing bad ever happens to them. J.K. Rowling's who, you know, yes, inspiring story. She wrote these incredibly long, unedited uh, novels that I would never read in a million years, but I know you grew up on them, Zach, and, and people right love them, and and I was told you should read them. You're going to love them, and I did not read them because I would not love them, but it's fine. That's fine. Not everything has to be for everybody. You have no magic in but your heart. Jay, no. But J.K. Rowling has decided to take her vast fortune and use it to hurt I mean, trans people. Weaponize it. <laughs> yeah. Weaponize like, it. It's really. just a weird word. She- Oh, she's used her money to attack trans people and keep Scotland yeah. under British rule. Right, yeah, that's it. But all right, moving on to my rant. Uh, I'll try to do my best to follow up Andrew's enigmatic beginning to this episode. Uh, that's not what enigmatic means. I, did, I was going to say char- <laughs> I was going to say charismatic. I'm not an enigma. Is that what you're saying? You're I, an enigma wrapped in a riddle. Yeah, we'll call it enigmatic. That's I like, it's I like funnier it. that way. I like being called that. Yep. Is a journey back into the halls of Congress where I've lived the past couple weeks on these rants, starting with uh, McCarthy's failed speakership, then going to George Santos. And now we are back to Speaker Kevin McCarthy. One of his first challenges was getting the rules passed in the House of Representatives. The way this works is that each body sent in the house after the speaker is chosen after the president pro tem is chosen but we'll stick to the house for the sake of this rant the speaker then has to put forward a set of rules that governs how the body will actually operate due to covid the democrats have been operating with so anyway these rules go out and they have to be voted on this was one of the first challenges because it was unclear if the 20 dissidents were actually going to vote for the rules. And because the the Republicans only have a four-vote four vote margin, they they needed everybody or else Five like minutes. they couldn't adopt the rules. And if you can't adopt the rules, you can't actually move on to business. And it also just would have been like a humiliating defeat. But one of the rule changes they did uh, dealt with proxy voting. Because during COVID, uh, the House Democrats, when they were in charge allowed for House members who were sick or unable to attend or just didn't feel safe being in a chamber of 450 people. Right. Would allow... You know, 140 of which yeah. wouldn't wear masks if they had COVID. Yeah. So they would... Um, they allowed for proxy voting. Basically, you could designate another member of Congress to vote on your behalf. Uh, this kept Congress 
uh, congressional uh, representative safe. And it was something that Republicans hated purely because it was like viewed as uh, COVID-19, you know, overreach, uh, too much extremism. You know, they've gone too far with the COVID restrictions. Now, you know, if you want to vote, you should be here. So McCarthy and his rules got rid of proxy voting. Uh, you know, not surprising. It's one of the things Republicans railed against. So, of course, he would do it when the Republicans are in charge. The problem with this is that very soon after these rules are adopted, Congressman Stubbe, a Republican, fell off a ladder and broke his leg. So he's not in Congress, which now means Kevin McCarthy's four-vote lead is a three-vote lead. So if anyone else gets sick, uh, it's a two-vote lead. Couple people get sick if there's a COVID outbreak. Well, you don't have a lead anymore, yeah, right? If, if Marjorie Taylor Green locks herself in the bathroom accidentally, so, you know you're not. You're yes. yeah. Is Kevin McCarthy just the stupidest person in Congress? Like, there are some like Paul Gosar. At least he's a dentist. Like he passed. Well, well I mean, he, I, yeah, he failed out of med school, but he passed yeah. dental school. Um, it's. He just keeps bucking up. It's like watching a goofus. I um, I had the opportunity to talk to Representative Johanna Hayes recently, uh, a couple of days ago. She pointed out two things about the speaker vote. One, they had insisted to remove the metal detectors before this started. Yeah. And she thought, like, some of these people pack heat in like she was really worried like is lauren bobert gonna shoot someone like that's certainly possible she pointed out that matt gates who wore jeans and would put his chair feet up above on the chair in front of him and folded his arms so people had to come to him and she said like he's a sex trafficker and people are coming up to him like he's the pope um and then she said Kevin McCarthy made the speaker's job something that no one will ever want again. Because that job is now, it is, he create he he took every bit of leverage out of the job so he could have the job. It's like saying, all right, I'll get a built-in pool, but I'll agree not to put water in it so that it, so it's not an issue with zoning. <laughs> It's like, all right, but you know, you don't have a built-in pool. You just have a big yeah. hole in the ground. The speaker's job is a big hole in the ground. He is the most craven human being alive. I am going to turn to James Dolan, the owner of your New York Knicks. Smooth Jimmy. Uh, and, Ra- and Rangers. And Rangers. For sure. And MSG. Mm-hmm. And the MSG Network. So. So he makes a good living. Well. Yeah. He inherited all of He's this. He's a cable baron. James Dolan. Good for him. James, nice. James Dolan left to his... James Dolan is the reason why the estate tax should be 100%. Because... He's if, a big reason why like my life sucks, too, if James, also, if being a Knicks J- fan. If James Dolan had to make his own living... He would he would be start uh, he would be picking up bottles off the street uh, because he is a moron. So, MS the MSG MSG bought the MSG network for nine hundred million dollars. He has most of the votes in MSG, not all of them, but most of them, and he owns the MSG network. And a lot of shareholders believed that this was a very bad deal that lined Dolan's pockets. So there is a lawsuit. James Dolan has instituted facial uh, recognition technology to keep anyone who works from any of the law firms who sued him from attending any event that he, in in a facility he owns. They're not backing away from this. So a spokesperson for MSG said... The company has, quote, instituted a straightforward policy that precludes attorneys from firms pursuing active litigation against the company from attending events at our venue until the litigation has been resolved. While we understand this policy is disappointing to some, 
We cannot ex- ignore the fact that litigation creates an inherently adverse adversarial environment. All impacted attorneys were notified of the policy. We continue to make clear that impacted attorneys will be welcomed back to our venue upon resolution of the litigation. But James Dolan, in addition to being just a reprehensible human being and a moron, also has terrible luck. Because the first time this was implemented was an attorney from the fir- one of the firms who was suing him took her daughter's Girl Scout troop to Radio City Music Hall to watch the Nutcracker, and she was prohibited from entering Radio City Music Hall because MSG owns it. This is... I knew that. Now, I would also say this. I have now spoken about this issue more than Adam Silver has. Yeah. That Adam Silver has said nothing about, among other things, the horrifying precedent of businesses using facial recognition uh, technology, which is at best sketchy and erratic with minority people. It's also been proved to be incredibly racist. Right, it's right. I said, if you're a minority, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, it's AI saying we all kind of look alike. Like, it's just, no, you've got nothing but white programmers. That's why we did this. But regardless... He has said nothing. Dolan is not backing down. The Knicks continue to be, and in, like they're okay on the court, but the Knicks as an organization are an embarrassment to the NBA, and Adam Silver once again showed himself to be a bald, feckless asshole. This is like Dr. Evil level villainy. Like, it just strikes me as like the kind of villainy you do when, like, you've run out of ideas and you want to take over the moon. <laughs> you, you know, you're like, you're like you know, I'm gonna, really good. I'm going to use this technology to just, like, ban my enemies. <laughs> you know, just, it's so strange. Like, they have to have a PR firm. You know, like, PR was only my minor in college. I didn't do particularly well in it. And even I know this is a bad idea. Like... Of course it was going to backfire. When this, by the way, not only have you talked about it more than Adam Silver, you've talked about it more than any NBA journalist. Uh, no. You're one of your top ten worst people, in, five worst people in sports, Rachel Nichols. Rach. Did, did an entire, Rich comes back. Did an entire uh, section on it, which is that, where I learned about um, it. That zero was, that zero was well deserved. <laughs> At its, like, most gracious... This is the behavior of just like a very deeply, deeply insecure man. And I mean, I kind of get it where he inherits cable vision from his father, like the that pretty much had like a cable monopoly over the tri-state area for much of like the 80s and 90s. Um, since he since he came to power over the Knicks and the Rangers, he's been nothing short of an absolute disgrace, both in a professional sense, like an on court on ice sense, and also just I, I nominated him years back in an early iteration of like the worst people in sports where I, and I, and I talked a lot about the Isaiah Thomas situation yep. where Isaiah Thomas was a hired executive, sexually harassed a woman. And, and what did, what did, what did uh, guitar Jimmy do? Jimmy had Thomas's back all the way and tried to silence this accuser. Um, you know, I, you know, it's personal with me. I, I love these teams. And I also know for a fact, this is just a colossal piece of shit. And, um, I'm glad you you know put some light on the story. So it, it, question, it, question question for you, Andrew. Sure. You're a Knicks love. You're a Knicks lover. Sure. You're a Rangers lover. Sure. You're a Jets lover. Woody Johnson, Jimmy Dolan. Who makes you more ashamed? Dolan. I mean, yeah. Johnson was an ambassador for Trump. I know, yeah, but Dolan. But Dolan, Dolan. Dolan. No. I know. It's, it, it, it's hey, Dolan. It's, yeah. um, Two fail sons. In, 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 literally. In, in, in one of my father's, uh, Zach's grandfather's. One of my all-time favorite moments of his is my aunt kept talking about my cousins. And she kept saying, I think he has an inferiority complex. I think he has an inferiority complex. So my father finally turned to her and said, have you ever considered that he's just inferior and understands that? Um, But artificial intelligence, AI, has been an overrated technology. It's an overrated movie. And now we are going to talk about 
people in politics and sports who are overrated. And we'll do that as soon as we're back on the Bill Bradley Collective. Yeah, I'll get it. Every so often, an opportunity comes along that is truly once in a lifetime. Sign here, please. Yeah, sure. The Fine Print Mint proudly introduces the American Bimbo Collection. Oh, great. Marla Maple. Each month, you'll receive a classic American Bimbo, lovingly handcrafted by the artisans of the Fine Print Mint. There's Jessica Hahn, Donna Rice, Robin Gibbons, Rob Lowe, even Ted Kennedy. And each bimbo is crafted from material as cheap and tacky as they are. Look, Dad. Her head was hollow. Collect them. Swap them. Put them on a pedestal and then knock them off. Your family will spend hours admiring the amazingly accurate detail on each and every bimbo. Look at the bongos on that one, son. And if you act now, we'll rush you the complete Steve Garvey collection, including all his illegitimate children. To order, send your check to 12 Easy Pieces, Post Office Box T&A, Jigglemore, Colorado, for the American Bimbo Collection. Great set. Hi, Dad. You're mouthing it. So welcome back. Damn it, uh, Zach. So, right. That's good, though. That's, a, that's a good, right. yeah. That's good shit. Wayne's World. So welcome back. Um, so we're going to talk about overrated. Uh, and, and this should be a whole podcast, like a whole podcast series. Just over, things that are overrated and, and why is it always Pink Floyd. But, Andrew, I'm going to let you kick off what you think what institution do you believe is incredibly overrated? So there's like a thousand sports institutions that I think are like way overrated. And I could get into, I can talk about Notre Dame football. I could talk about a million things, but I'm not going to. Um, as kind of the political neophyte in this room, there is one thing that, and look, and look, I know what it is. I know it's spot on the calendar. And like, I know why it matters, but I'm not sure why it matters. Like, and I'll kind of keep this to you guys. And I'll just, I won't even make a case. I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. Why is the Iowa caucus so important? <laughs> um, it It's not anymore. It, the, well, why, the, why is that? Why is that? Why, like, that seems to be the one okay. sort of like thing that. Well, the, like, Republic, the, Iowa caucuses, the Republicans the Iowa caucuses, haven't said they're moving it. The Republicans haven't moved yet, but the Democrats uh, have a primary now going ahead of the caucus. But why the Iowa caucus was important? Am I wrong to think that it's just kind of no? It's why do we talk about it so much? Like, caucus, why is it, it so like it, every no, four years? Like, no Republican that's won the Iowa caucus in like the last six goes has become the nom has become the nominee. Like, and who was the last Democrat that won it? Uh, yeah, Buttigieg, Bo Bernie. Uh, well, first off, Bernie won it both times. Buttigieg did not win. Okay, it both times. all right, all right, but all right, Bernie had the most. Yes, okay, I'll I'll give you Bernie both times. And before that, it was I think. Obama, 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 Obama won, won, Obama won, Obama the won it in the first time. Yeah. yeah, but it's incredibly overrated because caucuses are not representative of anything other than who has like six hours free on a Tuesday night. Like that's all a caucus is. It's like you go to a room, you stay there until it's over. So you got six hours because that's how long it's going to take if there's multiple ballots, which there always are, because you get a chance to switch who you're caucusing with. It's not representative of anything in this country it is an entirely white rural state with like one kind of city in it the south carolina primary even though no democrat ever wins south carolina is significantly more important it's like jim clyburn right yeah like it's the... significantly more important than the iowa caucuses biden's campaign was dead until he won south carolina right and and biden Never thought he was dead because he thought he was going to win South Carolina. Yeah. And then once he went to South Carolina, it was over. And that, you know, now that was not true of Hillary. Hillary went to South Carolina and, and beat Obama not there. And yeah, then she cried in the diner. And, uh, uh, but, but regardless, um, it's, it is a, st I, I one time did a mock caucus. Uh, it was a progressive event. I was there. Right. Right, because we held off for John Blakely. Yes. <laughs> for Treasure. Um, it seems stupid in the moment, and it, it is stupid. It is. Now, what's weird is I think the Republicans are going to stay in Iowa. Yes. I don't think they're going to leave Iowa. And, A, that screws up 
just the reporting. But B, the main reason it was done in Iowa is it's incredibly inexpensive television. Like, that's why they did it. Everybody could afford the TV rights. Whereas you get to the East Coast, that's not possible. Yeah. Good, luck. So, Good luck winning a New York primary right. if you don't have $50 million right. in the bank. And, and it's why Connecticut, which has the most represent Connecticut's demographics are, represent America better than any other yeah, state. We are the most representative state and, in the country. And people thought like a lot of reporters liked it because they like, they, well, it's cool. It's not that big. You can travel around. You can get the pizza. You can get the steamed hamburgers. You can get the lobster rolls. It'll be great. Nope. TV's too expensive because it's too in Fairfield County and it's too expensive when you get close to Boston. So it's a... St- Iowa's a stupid place to have it. The Democrats are right getting rid of it. And the only reason they got rid of it is because the Democratic town, the Democratic state committee in Iowa was incredibly impotent because, of course, they haven't delivered anybody ever. Like, what was the last, who's the last Democrat that won in Iowa? Uh, 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 Harkins. No, I mean, uh, Obama won in Iowa. The last Democrat who held office was Harkins. Harkins, right. Iowa. There hasn't been been a congressman or a senator from Iowa in, like, and, 30 years, 20, and Obama, 20 years, something like that. Right. And Obama was good in caucuses because he hired young organizers. Yeah. And Hillary hired old politicos. Zach, what, do you, what institution are you picking? So for my institution, I'm going to stick with a television institution uh, in sports, which is uh, the brand known as ESPN, which I think at one time ESPN was the head honcho. They were the place to go to watch sports. Sports Center was a massive part of my childhood, massive part of my teenage years, massive part of my college years, because it was just, you'd watch four episodes in the morning while you're getting ready or you're doing homework or you're cooking breakfast. But now there are so many options to get sports content away from ESPN. TBS has college basketball games, NBA games. USA has college basketball games, TNT, NBA games, you know, CBS, Fox, NBC, ABC, all have these other networks, even though ABC and ESPN own each other, it's still diversifying from the brand of ESPN. And not to mention ESPN Plus, I am very thankful that ESPN Plus has a deal with the Atlantic 10 so that when URI plays away games, I can watch, I can actually watch the games. The production value is literally one camera in the middle of the court that a guy just kind of moves left and right. That's the entire production value of it. And I'm paying, I don't know, what is it, $5.99, $9.99? $8.99, yeah, just Unless you're bundling it with your Hulu package Hulu, or Disney+. Yeah. Plus, but, yeah. but, like, it just seems like ESPN had its place in the sun. Like, people still think, like, oh, it's the premiere of sports, and it just isn't anymore. Like, Fox, Fox Sports is nearly as important, if not as important, you know, they don't have a football contract. Like, they're just, time seems to have passed ESPN by. We had a lovely, uh, Zach, Brandon, and I, and Laura, had a lovely uh, Dutch lunch a couple weeks ago, uh, Martin Luther King Day. And when we were walking home, I kind of, like, railed this, like, conspiracy theory that I've kind of long held. And it was supported by a friend of mine who I had dinner with a couple weeks before in that ESPN, it's, it's like, too much. You watch a game, you watch whatever the sport. Let's say college basketball, for instance, college football. You watch a game on Fox Sports 1, FS1. Watch a game on CBS Sports Network. Watch a game on ESPN. To me, like the production value, the actual picture is so much better on Fox and on CBS than it is ESPN. I had dinner with a friend who is very much into like, he's a huge Michigan fan. Big college football. Watches, he's a college football junkie, college basketball junkie, whatever. And he's like, listen, if you watch a Pac-12 game at 1030 on a Saturday night, uh, on ESPN and compare that to like every other game on ESPN or like even like go to Fox CBS and it's like they're sending they have so much property they have so and not enough like quality television cameras and production people to kind of present like that consistent first class production feel if that makes sense like it's it, it, ESPN's like too big to fail well, no, it's no, it's it's very big. It's also failing. Like it's not, it's it's Fox and CBS have cut into it, and that's only. I think that's. I think ESPN is kind of. You're going to. I I I believe the college football playoff, for instance. Like when that gets twelve teams, 
that's going to be split. That's not going to be all ESPN. Like no. Fox have a piece of that. I think CBS yep. would have a piece of that. And I think it's for the best. Amazon will have a piece of it. Amazon? I am, yep. I, I think that the world has changed beneath them. It is still the sports website I go to the most. The Ringer is second, but I still go to the do it the most. Um, they still have incredibly talented people there, but it's a severely compromised institution because it's trying to straddle a line that does not exist. We want to be in bed with the with the um, with the with the major league sports, but we'd also want to have objective things to say about them. It doesn't work. So mine's quick. The Baseball Hall of Fame sucks, and the, the I mean, first of all, there are people in the Baseball Hall of Fame who have absolutely no business being there. Secondly, I mean, and that's true for her for forever. Um, I watched Tony Perez's a lot of his career. No one thought Tony Perez was a Hall of Famer. Well, they put him in. I mean, he's like three hundred and forty-five home runs. Who's the Red Sox they just put in that probably didn't deserve it? Um. Jim Rice. Yeah, right. Rice. No, Rice was That was not. some years ago, but yeah. I mean, Rice right, right, like Rice a, yeah. set a career record for double plays. Uh hitting it in double plays. Yeah. Um and yet they hold the moral line. I mean, they have Cap Anson, who who is the reason why blacks didn't play in the major leagues for a long time. Hall of Famer. Barry Bonds broke no rules, broke no laws. I mean, he broke laws, but he did not break any rules. There were no rules against steroids. Not in the Hall of Fame. Um, the way they're handling the steroid era is a, a masterpiece in hypocrisy. It's just, like, it's the standard bearer for Hall of Fames. It was the first one. And I don't think it's the worst. 37. 37. I don't think it's the worst one because the Basketball Hall of Fame, literally, they're going to put Rondo in the Hall of Fame. Probably. Does Rondo have a gold medal? That yeah, he's I mean, yeah. If you have a, if you have a gold medal in a championship, yeah. you're going to Hall of Fame. Um, but it's pretty bad, and, and I just I'm kind of tired of this. I'm going to now switch immediately to my sports take, and this is a co- coming from a conversation I had with Andrew. Mike Tyson is incredibly overrated as a fighter. Who is his all time best win? It's Michael Spinks. It's it's clearly Michael Spinks. It's a blown up light heavyweight. Who was yeah, yeah, not even that blown up. He fought at like two oh eight. Right. He beat Larry Holmes because Holmes was not the first one. First one he one. first yeah. one he pounded him. Second yeah. one was controversial. And Holmes won a whole bunch of shitty decisions. So I not I don't want to hear But Holmes, I mean, Spinks is is the best fighter Tyson ever beat. The second best fighter he ever beat was Larry Holmes coming off of two defeats by Spix. Um In like a retirement. Was he in yeah, and he retired. Like yeah. He could fight. Tyson could have fought Lennox Lewis every three months for his entire career. He probably would have one time landed a big overhand right and knocked him out. He would have been knocked out every other time he fought him for the, his whole career. Also, he, would not, he would never have beaten Ali. He beat a whole bunch of guys who only beat each other. It's like winning the Mac. Wasn't wasn't he also like five nine or five ten? Like he's incredibly uh, short. He was five eleven. Five eleven. Yeah, five eleven. Kid dynamite. He was five eleven. The idea that Versus he like could a be six seven Lennox Lewis, and Lewis fucked fight, him up, man. Right, and that <laughs> fight. And, and now some of this was okay. Lennox was had been training and fighting for three years while Tyson was in prison. That's also the Mike Tyson experience. But Tyson stopped fighting defensively. After uh, what was his name? Uh, the guy uh, Customato died. Like for sure. And and like I thought Buster Douglas. There was uh, if Fanduel exists, I would have bet Douglas because I thought Douglas 40, had a live shot. Forty two to one. I thought Still he had a live biggest, shot because uh, he was yeah. a big guy who could throw punches and he was quick and he could move. Everybody else was Pinklin Thomas who just stood there and got hit in the face once. I I don't disagree. This is a guy that like like beat. That blew through a very weak heavyweight division for four years, and you look at like his post uh, jail sentence, you know, so like ninety five on to the end. I mean, and you don't even lose enough credit. Like Tyson was active before that fight. When he fights Lewis in 02. 
and Lewis, you've remember the Manuel Stewart on that on they get him in the corner and he's like, "What are you doing? Like, let, let your let your fucking shit go. Like, get this motherfucker out of here." <laughs> yeah. And then next round he does. That. Yeah, uh, like, it's, yeah. He w- he was never beating Lewis unless no. he got hit a hit him with a lucky punch. Never. He would never have beaten Klitschko, and he wouldn't beat Tyson Fury. No, no chance. No chance. No and chance. then they have the big thing on like. Like, when you look up Tyson on Google, the big thing is, would he have beaten Muhammad Ali? Well, it would have been a close fight. No, it would not have been a close fight. So I'm going to go with my overrated person in sports. Uh, One, they can square aim at Andrew here. Got him in my sights. And also, my father-in-law who listens to this podcast, and my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law, all big Yankee fans. Uh, Derek Jeter is... overrated baseball player uh it is ridiculous that he got into the hall of fame in another overrated institution but ridiculous he got in with like 98 percent of the vote i think shaughnessy was the only one who voted against him uh from boston so doing us proud uh keeping the yankees keeping the yankees from getting to 100 percent guys which they would have never shut up about but jeter don't look was, at me <laughs> jeter was never the best infielder was never the best shortstop at his position at any time in his career. He wasn't the best shortstop on his team. He wasn't the best shortstop on his team <laughs> when A-Rod got there. He had the same range I do, and I have no cartilage in my right knee. So, like, he was nev- He maybe had two or three seasons where he was the best hitter in major leagues. No, he's not the best hitter. But like average hits, like he he had a couple seasons. He, he, he there were a few seasons where he was like a legit top three, top five MVP candidate. Yeah, yeah sure. a handful yeah, of seasons. Of course. Yeah. yeah, but that is not uh, a small handful. But that is not like, like t- tops. Tops. If he played in Kansas City, nobody would have ever given a shit about him. If he played in Florida, the team he went and bought and then destroyed <laughs> didn't even give him a gift basket the next day just straight up destroyed him he would have been a no name nobody would have given a shit he would have been an all-star he would have been an all-star every season he probably would have made the hall of fame anyway but nobody would have given a shit about him the only thing that that matters about Derek Jeter's career is that he was the captain of the New York Yankees you're not going to get much pushback from me look ultimately the fact is he he finished his career as a junior hitter, his last season was an embarrassment. It was, and it was a retirement tour, which I fucking hate that shit. Um, three hundred hitter, cleared three thousand hits. Like yes, like offensively, like he is an objective like Hall of Famer. But you know the defense, not good. The whole like the the play he got famous for is when he goes to his right and he's deep in the hole, whatever, and he does that kind of like uh, that the scoop jump back and jump throw. throw. The fact that he has to make that play is because his range is so bad. Like that's because he has no range at shortstop, right. and. Listen, the fact that he co- his rookie year, 96, like they win the World Series. Then they win the World Series, 98, 99, 2000. Shortstop, New York Yankees wins four rings in his first five pro seasons. Totally. Like the fact, like, like he was just super exposed and overexposed. He gets a Nike, a big Nike deal uh, post that first class, like post short, like him and Randy Moss, and Tiger Woods. Like he was a poster boy. If he's anywhere else but New York, if he's anywhere else where he's not winning four titles in five years, shortstop for the Yankees. He's like just kind of another rank and file hall, of, but he's still hall of famer. He's, like, he's, he's still Omar Vizquel. He, no, he's, no, he's, he's better. He's better than Omar. He he, he's, he's a first. Hits he's a first ballot hall of famer. Yes. If you if you penalize a Rod for the steroids, which you should, he's the greatest shortstop of his time. The idea he is a top ten all time player, which sometimes you see now, is a joke. Like he's not the greatest shortstop who ever lived. No. I, I he's Honus Wagner was clearly better. Um and the the Yes Network uh just because every time every single home run, look at the captain as he celebrates. Like, yeah, he's on the bench because his on base percentage was three twenty eight. So there's why he's on the bench. His lifetime on base percentage is not great. He did not walk. It's not three twenty eight. It's not three twenty eight. It's better than that, but he's not it's not great. <laughs> um and the other thing is you can't both lift Jeter because he won and then ignore the fact that Mattingly didn't win. And yet somehow we live in a world where these two rich white guys are equally wonderful in the world. Um, I'm going to go coach, not athlete. 
uh, Tom Izzo, the head basketball men's basketball coach at Michigan State. Peek behind the curtain. <laughs> like that. Zach, John Rothstein. Yes. The uh, CBS Sports college basketball guy. Uh, college basketball's hungry, self-described hungriest insider. His Twitter feed is like the funniest, like unintentionally like the funniest shit ever. And he's got all of these like memes and shit for coaches, like when their teams win. And it's one like when you or I wins, I always like I like to text Zach and be like, oh, Archie Miller, more locked in than a CPA on April 15th. You know, <laughs> shit like that. His thing for Izzo is um, he deals like he'll like line up the months. He'll just go January, February, Izzo, April, May, June, etc. Like March, Izzo. Like he's this great like March, March, NCAA tournament, March Madness. Like Izzo is this like, you know, he's fucking Adolf Rupp or John Wooden or some shit. Guy's been there for like 30 years. He's won one title. Won yeah, one I was going to ask how many titles he's yeah. won. He's won and he one. Won, and he won in his sixth year. He's won one. 2000, Mateen Cleaves, Mo P. Like yep. Fun team, also, Mateen Cleaves, 11th year at Michigan State. <laughs> yes, Mateen Cleaves was, yeah, was like 35. This guy, and he, he, they, they do this with all, before, okay, eventually Roy Williams gets like three titles. Eventually... Bill Self gets a second title. Eventually, John Calipari gets a second title. And you hear, even before they get there, the college basketball media likes to just fawn over these guys about how, you know, what wonderful coaches, leaders of men, this and that. It's like, this guy hasn't even got that second title. Like, Jim Calhoun won three. And I'm not, like, I'm not trying to, like, stand for, like, Jim Calhoun, but, like, you hear a lot more about Tom Izzo than you do Jim Calhoun. And Jim Calhoun won three. Guess what? Michigan State was a thing before Tom Izzo. Magic Johnson, pretty good player. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, Won a title I, I, in 79. I've heard of him. Like, not bad. Um, Izzo, to me, he encapsulates everything that the, the term overrated. Like, cool. Makes the term every year. He, cool. Gets bounced the first weekend pretty much every year. Enough. He, he's, I'm he's, over it. He's also everything wrong with college basketball because everybody has to do exactly what he says. So he walks the ball up and... At the end, you get a contested 14-footer. That, They're that, always that such hits a tough the, watch. Hits the bottom They're of the backboard. Teams. I had him, if if we were running shorter, I had him as my second uh, second most overrated person So uh, in sports. So for my uh, most overrated person in politics, I'm going to take uh, straight, straight on uh, this rapist criminal... Fuck Bill yeah. Clinton as the most overrated politician uh, of your lifetime, of my lifetime. I'll say the last 50 years, because that brings us to 1973. I wouldn't say that, but OK. Well, I just know who you're going to pick and I didn't want to go. No, yeah, no, but I, I would. Yeah, there was somebody who's elected in 80 who's bad. Ah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but Bill Clinton, let's go over some of Bill Clinton's hits. First of all, the Democratic Party, up until Bill Clinton, was actually a liberal left party. Uh, Jimmy Carter was a president. He was an actual liberal left president. Pe uh, people that ran for office were actual liberal leftists. And then Bill Clinton uh, ran for president under the political theory that is called triangulation, which we have never gotten away from, which still guides our principles, which is why Medicare for All, which polls at over 60%, will never be brought for a floor vote, will never be bought for a House vote. It's why minimum wage increase has not gone up at all in the last 30 years, is because triangulation is this theory that instead of going, I'm going to get every Democrat and build among the left. Instead, what I'll do is I will pass policies that the moderate liberals, the moderates, and the moderate Republicans will enjoy. So let's go over what some of those policies actually were. Welfare reform didn't work out well for poor people. Nope. Don't ask, don't tell didn't work out well for gay people. Defensive Marriage Act. Didn't work out well for gay people. The 1997 banking deregulation didn't work out well for anyone because after that, Wall Street went crazy up until 2008 when they collapsed our economy. That is Bill Clinton's legacy. Not to mention, 
He's a serial philanderer, harasser of women, a abhorrent human being who is still given $200,000 speaking fees to go talk to Sam Bankman Freed's fucking island in FTX in the Bahamas to tell them how they should run their thing. Bill Clinton is why the Democratic Party is in fucking shambles constantly. Clinton, um, I heard Clinton speak twice uh, in the last couple of years. At his best, he was in a coherent. When you could figure out what he was saying, it was offensive. And he also begat the theory that if we play ball with the Republicans, they'll play ball with us. And he, more than anybody else, created Newt Gingrich, yep. and Newt Gingrich is the death of this country. Bill Clinton, the fact that Bill Clinton polls above Obama in some polls as the, the most, you know, uh, uh, in terms of the best presidents, the fact that the people have him in the top 12 means nobody learned anything ever because he, like, he beats his wife. I mean, well, he probably did beat his wife, but he, he's he's more overrated than his wife. And she's overrated. But Clinton is a monster. I will take this to my grave and watch the tape. Get on YouTube. Do it. That was not him playing the sax on Arsenio. That was a piped-in <laughs> track. That was not him. All right, all right, we should stop <laughs> now. Fucking we Vanilli, should man. stop now. Yeah, that- JFK is mine. I am wearing JFK socks as we speak. And, Hold on, I got to do and, a quick check under the table. And those, they those come, warm. And they co- they came with a group of four people: Ben Franklin, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, JFK. In the words of Sesame Street, one of these things is not like the other. Um, he JFK is responsible for the Bay of Pigs. JFK is responsible for the surveillance of Martin Luther King. And harassment. And harassment of Martin Luther King. JFK is responsible for the Vietnam policy because Eisenhower told him personally, do not get involved in Vietnam, and Kennedy thought, I'm just smarter than you are, Dwight. And you know what John F. Kennedy was not? Smarter than Dwight Eisenhower. And he was a Catholic. <laughs> Catholic's fine. Um. We know that's the worst religion to be president. We've had the Muslim. He was no, fine. No, 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 he was no. great. The Quaker wasn't great. The Quaker was bad. <laughs> um, but, um, and Romney lost. But, <laughs> yeah, we could have had the Mormon. But uh, Kennedy, the idea that Kennedy was a good senator, writer, president, anything. He's a fail son. He's he is a more charismatic Donald Trump Jr. Well, no, he is a more charismatic, less intellectually and emotionally damaged version of Donald Trump Jr., but he was not a good president. And the idea that the second term would have been better, it would have been worse. Have been Lyndon worse. Johnson was a much better president than Kennedy was, and it's not even a debate. Yeah, Kennedy Kennedy got lucky he got his brains blown out because he was gonna have a <laughs> bad legacy if he didn't. He had the he had the James he had the James Dean uh, Marilyn Monroe career. Yes. They didn't have any downside. Yeah, die young and leave a beautiful how, horse. How much better would the Beach Boys reputation be? If they drove the bus over the cliff at the same day Jimi Hendrix died. So much better. <laughs> so much better. Yeah. Um, so Kennedy is like that first, you know, president that's cele- kind of like celebrity first, president second. And the next in that lineage to me is my pick, Mr. Irrelevant in this draft. It's uh, Ronald Reagan. And I'll be quick. I think there's so much to there's so much toxic, bad shit about Reagan. And the fact that like Republicans still treat him as this like idol, idol is so troubling. But it also checks out because, look, the economic sins of the Reagan administration and the culture that that created of of just like of, of the sort of the making wealth, making being wealthy, such a like something to aspire, making it's so aspirational is it's something that this this country, this economy has not we're never going to get back. Right. I think like. 
not that like he's responsible so much for like the the massive like redistribution of like you know the skewed distribution of wealth in this country but like the reagan to me the biggest sin of of his eight years again this two-term president is the fact that he presides over this economy where i think that's where it really starts to go south as far as like the rich get richer breaks the, well, he breaks the unions that's he breaks the unions. huge part of it he breaks huge the, part of it he breaks the educational system and that's not in like this isn't even mentioning that when there was the AIDS pandemic coming up, he refused to acknowledge it and let millions die. Sure, but Nancy's and, up there with uh, you know doing photo ops with you know with Gary Coleman. With Gary Coleman, <laughs> say no to say no to crack. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, re- and also by the way, the '97 banking deregulation that Clinton did doesn't happen without. Reagan first starting the deregulation in the 80s. The, the idea that the government is the enemy of the people begins with Reagan. I just read on, somebody put on Instagram recently that being an adult is recognizing that most of the bad things in America began with Ronald Reagan. That's absolutely true. Yeah. He was a he was an abhorrent human being. And because he seemed funny and folksy and like Andy Griffith, it was okay. It wasn't okay. We were a worse country because of him and we're a bad country because we elected him. And with that, we'll say goodbye from a show that is not overrated. The Bill Bradley Collective! As always, we thank you for joining us here. And if you like today's episode, smash that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let's help grow the collective brand. We'll see you all next week on the Bill Bradley Collective. Tony also owns All Eat Wrestling, which is a nationally, internationally televised on cable on TNT. Oh, um, uh, that was a mistake. What Sorry. is that? Sounds good. Is that Evanescence? I don't know what happened. Pretty good. Not bad.